Well, good morning, everyone. Good morning. I figure we can go ahead and start. Um, How about we pray, start off with prayer this morning. Father, thank you for another day. Thank you for the for our salvation through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Thank you for the help and the the power of the Holy Spirit. We welcome today its blessings and even its challenges. As we all know, deeply know inside of us that through our challenges, you are chiseling and creating character that we need to make it through this world for your kingdom. So we welcome you this morning. Be with us. We invite you. We open our minds and our hearts for your word this morning. Welcome you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, I was hoping that if y'all would give me just a chance to brag about something this morning. Just, I want to be a little boastful because I've really worked hard. So, Brett, if you don't mind, I want to bring up this picture here. See, I bought this house in 2015, and this was the backyard. I was I was going to replace the fence, and uh, it, it was in really bad shape, and there was weeds and and kind of some dirt spots. And so uh, when I took this picture, we're getting ready to put the fence up. And so, Brett, if you could go to the next picture, this is kind of what it looks like today. Now, I, I worked really hard. That's why I just kind of want to brag a little bit. Um, you know, I put in a water feature. I probably would make Cody pretty jealous, but hey, I did pretty good. I have a water feature over here under the right, a little fire pit, things like that. I have a funny story. Uh, when I was doing the tilling, I rented, man, this tiller, this, that it was huge. It was one of those that had the tines in the back, and that sucker was huge. And I started over here by where those little pots are, and I cranked that sucker up and engaged it. Man, it shot me. I was doing this all the way across here. And Elkan, too, most of you guys know El. He was, he was over here by the porch just laughing. He's just laughing, and I nearly wound up probably over in Vega, I think, with that sucker. But, uh, man, we got it tilled. And, and uh, so uh, I took this picture because El, I think we're in a little bit of a contest of who has the greenest grass. So um, he shot me a picture. He just mowed his lawn, so I shot a picture. And so that's his lawn. Now, he he has like a baseball field or a football field. But I like to think the way I got him is my water bill is one-third his. So uh, anyway, I wanted to uh, show his his picture. So why am I showing you pictures of, of lawns this morning? You're probably thinking, what's going on? Today, so I wanted a. Uh, the Lord gave me this word last uh, last summer, as I was working in the lawn, and and I felt like it's time to give it. And it's it. He showed me something about Bermuda grass, and it, this happened as I was tending my lawn, and I noticed Bermuda grass starting to take over some of my fescue grass, and I started pulling some of that grass out. And I noticed how the the vines were spreading, and and these vines, as it spread, it grew roots in in 
in these areas as it was spreading. And I noticed it as I was pulling them up. I thought, what the heck? This is interesting. And the Lord told me right there, he said, son, this is an example of how lust works, sexual lust. And I thought, okay. So the title of my talk is called Battling Bermuda Grass. And I want everybody to say with me, Bermuda grass sucks. Say it. <laughs> now, there are probably some of you who really don't mind it. can make it look pretty good and kudos to you, but I just, I don't, I don't like the stuff. So I want to begin this morning uh, on our next slide. It's, it's Matthew 5.28, <clears throat> and it's Jesus' words. And he says, but I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent, has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Now, the law that Moses gave said, you know, don't, don't do it, don't commit adultery. Jesus upped the ante a little bit and said, not, on, not only do you not do it, don't you even think about it. And it noticed the word, and I highlighted commits adultery within her, in his heart, in his heart. I wanted to review the last couple of times that I spoke to you, the last one being the battle for your mind, if you remember. I want to remember we talked about repetition, so I want to briefly go over what I talked about last time, that we are made of three parts, spirit, soul, and body. And our soul is made up of three parts as well, our mind our will, which is our decision-making power, and our emotions. <clears throat> and our mind is made up of two parts, the consciousness and the subconsciousness. And if you remember about our subconsciousness, it's fed by our consciousness through repetition. Everything we see, everything we listen to, constantly getting fed our subconscious is. <clears throat> if you remember what I said last time, our subconsciousness is the seat of control for our lives. You see, our will, our decision-making power, sits in our subconsciousness. And that interaction <clears throat> creates our, our identity, creates who we are. And see, this is our heart. Remember Proverbs 23, 7, when he says, so as a man thinks in his heart, in their subconsciousness, so is he. <clears throat> so let's look again at this verse. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart, in his subconsciousness. See, this more confirmation that we have to guard our mind, our heart, our subconsciousness from the schemes of the enemy. Everyone tell your table, Protect your heart. So you might ask, well, JR, <laughs> what does Bermuda grass have anything to do with this? Well, I'm glad you asked because we're going to get right into it here. I noticed three characteristics <clears throat> about Bermuda grass. First, Bermuda grass is indigenous to this area. It thrives in our desert plains. That stuff pops up everywhere. 
in our gardens, in our flower beds, in some of the landscaping, even in sidewalk cracks, everywhere, that stuff just pops up everywhere. See, in the same way, lust is indigenous to this fallen world. Our culture has set conditions perfect for lust to thrive within our hearts and within our minds in this fallen world. See, it shows up everywhere. Ads on billboards, some television programs and movies that we may watch, internet sites, social media, and even how women dress in today's time, lust will arise. It'll show up. Today, conditions are perfect for lust to thrive in our hearts and minds. And just like Bermuda grass, it is hard to kill. It is tough to get rid of. The only way around lust is what the Bible says. And one example is in 1 Corinthians 6.18. It commands us. I remind you, it commands us to flee sexual immorality. There's no fighting it. We've got to flee it. Do everything we can to avoid it. I know I have some accountability partners that we just hold each other accountable, and when they travel, we always make sure you stay in your room, buddy. You stay in your room. I've counseled a couple of guys who, simple mistake, they go out to the hotel bar just to drink, to, you know, drink a couple. Pretty soon they, they confess to a horrible mistake. We can't expose ourselves. To, to something that could just happen and could come out of nowhere. The second correct characteristic that I noticed about Bermuda grass, as it spreads, it's, the vines grow roots, as I said before. And I noticed that as I was pulling that grass up. And as these vines and new root systems grow, everything else around it dies. It literally suffocates uh, the other uh, plants or, or other grass. This grass literally kills everything in its path. See, in the same way, lust grows like vines and spreads through every area of your life, and it will take root. Uh, as an example, gentlemen, you guys were created for a purpose. You are here. You are sitting in that seat for a purpose. God gave you life for his purpose, not for your own pleasure, but for his purpose, because he has something for you to do today. And if lust has grown roots in your heart, in your subconsciousness, that will kill your ministry. It, it'll be an anchor. It'll, this lust will grow roots in that area of ministry to where it'll suffocate and kill your vision and your mission for expanding God's kingdom. Lust will do that. Another area that lust will grow and grow root is in your marriage. When lust when lust grows roots in your marriage, it, it will kill intimacy. 
If there's uh, addiction to pornography, what happens, it robs the intimacy that you should have for your wife and you take it on selfishly and you give to the computer screen, the television screen, the magazine, what is supposed to be for your wife. And yet we wonder why our wives wonder where we are mentally. We're still remembering the pictures. Where the pictures, the video screens, the videos are all feeding our subconsciousness. Then we get angry because our wife doesn't look like her or doesn't do the things she does. It robs and kills intimacy. Very important. Very important in your marriage. And I will, I will beg to say, if you're not doing it once a week, I believe something's wrong. Sex is very important to marriage, and that's why I see and, and just experience marriages that are falling because there is no intimacy in your marriage. It breaks my heart. Another area where lust takes root is, is in your career or your business. If you have uh, women working in the workplace uh, in your area, you won't be able to focus. These thoughts will start creeping in your mind. The next opportunity I get to talk, I want to talk about 12 signs leading to danger of an affair. And it's very, very real in the workplace today. Think about it. When, when those of us who works in, work in offices, you're always looking your best, you're always smelling good, and same way with the women that are working in the workplace, they're always looking at their best. Perfect conditions for lust to grow and plant roots. The third characteristic that I noticed about Bermuda grass, it goes dormant in season and it plays dead. See, Bermuda may look dead in the winter season, but it's only dormant and I guarantee you it will come back. As soon as conditions are right, Bermuda will thrive again. It's in the same way we may think we don't have an issue with lust or that we've conquered it. I'm promising you lust could be dormant in your subconsciousness, just ready for the, for the conditions to be set for it to thrive again. This is why we can't be cut off guard. Lust can't come back and be stronger than ever. And we have to be honest with ourselves and consider that lust may be dormant within us. So we have to always be on guard. If you'll read in Genesis 4, 7, the Lord warned Cain as Cain was lying to himself and the Lord. He said, Cain, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is for you. Now I want to summarize the, the three characteristics that I noticed about Bermuda as it relates to lust. <clears throat> conditions in this culture and in our world is ready for it to thrive in our minds and in our hearts. It grows by spreading and rooting, killing everything in its path. And it can play dormant and come back stronger than before. All right, Jr. so what do we do about it? What do we do about sexual lust? Well, I think... I found five steps to be able 
to work around lust. First and foremost, we have to decide to fight back. You need to be sick and tired of being sick and tired. You need to say enough is enough with what is going on in my mind. You have to decide you're not going to put yourself in dangerous situations anymore. So first step is get tired of being tired and say to yourself, okay, it's time to fight back. I remember talking to Greg Tucker when he lost his child and he, he talked about that black, that black spot in his soul of the pain and the anguish he experienced from the loss of his daughter. And as we talked, we went to a whiteboard and he, he drew this big black circle. And he said, JR, the only thing that I can do is get bigger than that. The same way I believe is lust. You have to decide this morning. You've got to get bigger than it. So the second, second step to this is time to kill the Bermuda. In other words, you need to seek the Lord and confess it. This might be with an accountability partner or with... Um, on your knees in your prayer closet. And I believe your tears, because you're so fed up with it, I believe your tears of saying, God, enough is enough. I'm tired of this. Your tears is going to be like Roundup to kill that Bermuda grass. The third step, it's time to till or plow the ground. That means seek a deliverance from it. You might, if, if it's a really serious issue, you might talk to the staff members about going through a deliverance. But what happens when you go through a deliverance, it really plows up your subconsciousness and you get to the root of when lust started in your life. My personal story, when it started in my life, in my life I was about either between 9 or 11 and my oldest sister had a, my niece was about five years old at the time. I said I was either between nine or 11. <clears throat> I went to go babysit for, for her for one afternoon. And as we were looking for paper to draw on and just, just be little innocent kids, I reached into a uh, little side table, opened the door, and I found her husband's stash of penthouse magazines. And I'm like, what? My innocence was lost right at that moment. When I opened these magazines and saw things that no one should, should see it at age 9 or 11. The fourth step... <clears throat> is landscape or plant something new. In other words, displace lustful thoughts. See, your consciousness is always active. You're always thinking. You're constantly thinking. You're constantly seeing things. You're constantly listening things, smelling things, tasting things. So your, your consciousness is always, is always active. This is why it's so important to memorize Scripture. When lustful thoughts come, you... You attack it 
with scripture, such as Matthew 5.28. Another way to displace your thoughts is um, if, if, if thoughts come into you, call your wife. Just tell her, hey, man, I'm thinking about you. I just want to tell you I love you. Call your kids. Contact them, especially if you're traveling. And, and these creepy things start coming in to you like, hey, mate, nobody will ever know. Oh, yeah. Somebody will find out. One day I was, I was, uh, I had a layover in Chicago at O'Hare Airport. And I was going up an escalator. My neighbor was coming down the other escalator. I'm like, hey, what are you, and here from Amarillo, we meet in Chicago on escalator. If you think you're traveling by yourself, <laughs> this world is very small. Someone you know is around. So landscape, plant something new. In other words, displace lustful thoughts. Another thing that works is a power of a pre-made decision. The power of a pre-made decision is this. You wake up this morning and say, I'm not looking at pornography today. That is not me. I will not look at it today. You might have to wake up every morning and say that to yourself. Another thing that works for me is the Lord tells me, hey, that's my daughter. You do not look at my daughter that way. How would you like Jesus' finger pointing at you? The fifth and final way we can, we can work around this, get bigger than it, is water and fertilize. In other words, lean on the power of the Holy Spirit because you cannot do this on your own. Always be in prayer. Fasting works. <clears throat> one day, one of my accountability partners and I, just to, fight, to get bigger than this, we fasted five days, literally no food and water. We were trying to go for seven days, but we made it to five days, no food and water, and we were reading... A, a book called Every Man's Battle Together. Fasting is truly prayer on steroids, and it works. Another way to water and fertilize is to always be in worship. Those of you traveling, uh, man, put on some worship music. There have been times in my, in my travels between here and Plainview, I'm worshiping, and I'm, I'm, I literally have to stop on the side of the road and why my eyes clean of just cry tears of joy. Believe me, that will displace a lot of lustful thoughts. And again, read supporting books. This book, Every Man's Battle, is great, and I recommend it. So to summarize, decide to fight back. Get sick and tired of being sick and tired. Second, kill the Bermuda or seek the Lord and confess it. Third, till and plow your ground by going through a deliverance. Four, landscape or plant something new, displace lustful thoughts. And five, water and fertilize, pray fast and worship. I want to end by a quote that I found <clears throat> by John Webster. And he said it this way. Though lust do mask in error so strange disguise, she's oft found witty, but she is never wise. So gentlemen, I, 
I hope I did step on some toes. Because I guarantee you, more than half of the men around your table might be having issues with it, and you're hiding it. We cannot be successful, brave-hearted men for the kingdom if we have something like that anchoring us. So I challenge you, let's do something about it. Amen? I want to pray Ephesians 3 over you guys. So if you'll bow your heads. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family, and every family in this room, in heaven and on earth is named. I pray that he may grant each and every one of you men, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner man, and that the Messiah, Jesus Christ, may dwell in your hearts through faith. I pray that you, each and every one of you men here this morning, being rooted and firmly established in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the length and width, height and depth of God's love, and to know that Messiah's love that surpasses knowledge, so you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him, Jesus, who is able to do above and beyond all we ask or think, according to the powers that works in each and every one of you, but to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen.